You know, as I think about this morning, I've asked people to pray. I've asked people to pray for two things. I ask people to pray for those that are hearing my voice this morning here at Four Corners and by the way of the web. I've asked people to pray that those who believe will have ears to hear this morning, will have ears to hear God's truth, and that the ears to hear will be from the Spirit of God, revealing the Word of God that will touch our hearts. And I've asked people to pray that this morning for those that do not believe, for those that the God, the liturgy God of this age, the Bible says, that has put a veil literally before our life that we can't see God clearly. And I know that seems maybe strange to some. But it's true that we pray and we say, God, Father God, Creator God, pull that veil. Allow the light of the gospel to come into the hearts of those that don't know you this morning. So vision for 2020, equipping the saints, strengthening our families, growing our faith or growing together in our faith. And how does that work out as we move closer to Christ and help others move toward Christ also? So I just real quickly um, want to share what we came up with as a big picture or overview. And the first thing is equipping the saints. It's found from Ephesians 4.12 for the equipping of the saints for the works of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I know it might be easy sometimes, for, for some we see this more uh, than others maybe, but I don't want us to, you know, this is the Word of God. This is, this is what we're claiming as a church. I don't want us... You know, necessarily, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these scriptures this morning, but this is God speaking to us. This is what God has given us as a church, and not just four corners, but church globally, but, but this is what he's given us. We are to equip the saints for the works of ministry, for the edifying of the body. This is something God says to do. Why? Till we all come into unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, without the equipping of the saints, without the Spirit of God revealing the revelation of the Word of God. Watch. No church ever comes into unity. No church. It's impossible. You know, you think about it. You're a church of many different ages, many different people, at four corners, many different cultures, many different backgrounds. And if you think about it, it would be impossible for every one of us to be on the same page. Do you know that saying? To be thinking the same, doing the same. Are you kidding me? It can't happen in the flesh. But God says, I've sent you. I've sent you pastors and teachers and preachers to equip you as a body, to equip us. To start thinking the same and being like-minded, but not in the flesh. In his word. That's the only way we'll become united is by his word. We start thinking the same thing. Guess what? We start thinking Christ-like. And before you know it, you guys might like pizza. I might like lasagna. That's okay. But we're all going to give glory to God. Amen? That's what we strive for. So in that area of equipping the saints, we, we're looking at three things in each area. We wanted to keep it simple. So these three things, main areas of equipping is for us Sunday morning worship, Sunday morning Bible study, and Wednesday essential Bible study. 
We don't want to do a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we'll do other, other things, but this is what we're going to focus on this year. And then the second thing is strengthen our families. Here's what the word says, 18, 16, 31. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I know I have a family. I know I'm a born-again believer. I know my wife is a born-again believer. My daughters are born-again believers. My son-in-laws are born-again believers. I am not bragging. I'm just stating and praise God that me and my household are born-again believers. Why? Because of him. God has us to strengthen our families. Let me define families for Four Corners Baptist Church. It doesn't mean a husband, well, it includes, but it doesn't mean a husband, a wife, and kids. We are a family. Whether you're here, you're single. Whether you're married, whether you have kids, you don't have kids. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're old. We are family. Serious. It's not a cliche. We are family. So as a family, we want to do things this year that whenever we do them, every single person, if you so choose, can be a part of it. We're not going to try to do things um, separately so much. You know, like we'll just do things for uh, young adults, let's say, or things for old people or whatever, however you want to say that. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Not that we won't do other things, but we want to focus on bringing this family closer together. And then as we go and we grow, which we will, but to his glory, then we will start being able to equip in other areas more, more deeper and, 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 and as time goes by. What are these three areas? We have, we have VBS Family Day, VBS and VBS Family Day, movie nights for the family and our community, and then family gathering. And I put TBA because we're really talking about what does that look like? What can we do as a church that will include everybody? I mean, not that you all come at one time, but that would include you, that you could be a part of it and feel like you're included in it. And then growing in our faith together. The word says in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. God intends for us to grow together. God intends for us to be together. And sometimes that, that I don't know if that looks clear or what does that mean scripturally? What does it mean biblically? We're going to talk about that today. And how does that play out or for us right now for 2020? Growing together, here's the three main things we want to look at. Ministry and serving. So we're, looking at, we're going to look at three things that we can do as a church, as a family, to engage ministry in our community. That might be, and I don't even want to say specific things right now. It might mean vaguely uh, feeding the poor or going and helping certain ministries that we know are in need and that we have a body and people with gifts and talents to engage. Okay? And then we look at missions, local, national, and international. We're now, praise God, at a place where we can start engaging uh, some of the, the missional work uh, that we were more involved with in a couple years ago. And, and, and you guys know it's no surprise through budget and just through transitioning, we, we had to back off some of that. But praise God, we're coming back around, and he's, he's starting to bring us together to where we, we will be able to engage missional things more as a body. 
not as five people or not as, you know, Pastor Tony going to Nicaragua, which I, I, I do want to go, but that's, that's not the point. It's what we can do as a body. So we're going to look for something we can do as a body in one of each one of these areas. All right? So here we go. Dreaming big for 2020, Jeremiah 29, 11. I shared with that last week. God knows the plan that he has for us. Paraphrased, he knows the plan. It's to give us a future and a hope, not despair. What does it mean? We're not despair. Who's happy this morning? We're not despaired. We're happy, and we should be. I hope we are. I mean, some of us might have something going on. We're not so happy. But overall, how can you not be happy? We're in the, the house of the Lord. We're worshiping. We're talking. We're fellowshipping. Some of you missed out on the donuts, but that's okay. It was awesome. I ate them for you, and I had five cups of coffee. It's really awesome. God has us to come together. But here's, here's the thing I want to ask you as a church. I have never mentioned this to you as a body, ever, in, in two years. I've been here a year as senior pastor. I was here a year earlier helping with discipleship. I want you to prayerfully consider. I want you to, for your family, whatever your family means, I want you to pray because we're going we're gonna to bring up a calendar the best we can. The best made plans a man can fail. So we might calendar something and a hurricane come and we might have to, you know, not do it. But the point is we're going to calendar this year. And I want you as a family, listen, listen, this is so important. I want you as a family to really consider making your calendar as much of the church calendar as possible. Because what happens is we live so busy of lives and, and churches, they, 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 they struggle trying to bring people together because we'll come together in little, little groups. You'll see what I mean in a minute scripturally. But we come together in little groups the best we can in a Bible study here, which is great. And we do this little event, which is great. But we rarely bring the body together and we lack unity. Not only would we hear, but in church, period. And so I want you to pray. When we get this calendar out, I want you to pray that as much as your family can, you participate in what we're doing as a body. Because we don't want to just do stuff. I mean that. I guess I'm old enough now, been in ministry long enough. That's, that's out of me. I don't want, you know what I'm saying? I just want to do stuff. I want to glorify God. And I want to, as God has put it in my heart, do it with you. He's put it on my heart to be a shepherd. That's not by my design. And I, I sincerely want us as a body to do it together. Sincerely. But it doesn't happen if it's not intentional. It just doesn't happen. Think about that for about 10 seconds. Where do we begin? This is the thing that I, I have found. That's why I mentioned this scripture a lot because a lot of times people just, they just go, well, you know, but I, I can't do this or I can't do that or I don't know if I can minister. I don't know if I can go on a mission trip and I, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor Tony. We let this, this false fear or this false notion or even selfishness sometimes come in and try to take us away from what God wants us to do as a body. And in Philippians 3.15 it says, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this in mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, the, to the degree that you have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So no matter where you're at, here's what the scripture's saying. No matter where you're at in your walk, 
no matter how mature you are, no matter how much of the Bible you know, it's really immaterial. God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow step by step. So don't stop growing. But wherever you're at is immaterial. God knows every single person that's in this room. He knows everyone, every gift, every talent, every person, every thought. And he says, no matter where you're at, just come where you're at and be a part. Come where you're at. There is no expectation beyond that, at least with God. Sometimes people, you know, right, we have high expectations, and, but you got you to gotta get past that. You know, we're a family. Who here has a family that has no problems or issues or good, good job, Jess? I, I can see why with Vicky and Aurora. I mean, that's absolutely. Did you see Aurora this morning, some of you? <laughs> it was so cool. She wanted daddy, so she, I, I, I grabbed her up. Did you see that? And then I tried to give her the mistress, and she didn't want to let me go. That was so cute. That was, that was neat. She is neat. You ready? Turn in your Bibles. Is it hot in here? That is the thing about technology. Okay, well, what my phone says, my phone says it's 72 degrees in here. And my app says, I got a God app. It says, uh, if you're feeling hot, it's because God is beginning to speak to you. I think that's it. I think, I think Gracie, that's what that is. So there we go. All right, we're going to turn into our Bibles. Go with me to Matthew 9, verse 35. Matthew 9, verse 35. Whether it's a Bible or a tablet or a phone, whatever you have. Okay, do your best to take that deep breath. I've asked several people to be praying. God, give those who believe ears to hear, ears to hear. And those who have yet to believe to lift the veil that the little G God of this age has put over our hearts and our minds. Matthew. 9.35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You know, we need to consider here that here you have a ministry. Jesus literally has a ministry. I mean, a lot of us know the dynamic of that. But here he is for like a year and a half. And for theologians out there, I'll say this first. I'm not going to put it in context 
of the geographical area. And I mean, that's more of a, a Bible teaching where you have a little more time to, to show a picture and show what, you know, where he went and exactly what he did. But let me say it like this. He had a ministry, and for about a year and a half, he traveled from Davenport to Haines City to Winter Haven and back up I-4. Okay? Maybe not even quite that big of an area. For a year and a half. And you know what he did during that year and a half? What does the Bible say? It says this, and Jesus went about all the cities, number one, all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, teaching, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and healing. Now, come on. If Okay, so Jesus comes to Polk County, and he comes to Davenport, and he starts preaching the, the word. Do you think you're going to hear it? Will you respond? Some will, some might not. But the next thing you know, he's teaching, so we're learning the things of God. We're learning what God wants us to learn. He's preaching the gospel so we understand the death, burial, and resurrection that's to come because it's Jesus teaching and preaching that salvation is near. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom is near. Watch, watch, watch. Okay, ready? Now listen, he's healing the sick. Some, 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 I don't know where you're at in that, but I'm telling you, Jesus was going around and people that were sick, people that were deaf, people that were blind. Now think about this. So here he is in Polk County. He comes to Davenport. And as a church, we're seeing this and we're going, come on. You know, and then he goes to Haines City and all of a sudden there's all this healing and preaching and teaching. Who's hearing it? Who's hearing it? We are the people in Davenport, the people in Haines City. Then he goes to Winter Haven. I mean, this whole area for a year and a half is saturated with Jesus Christ himself teaching and preaching and healing. Do you not think things will be stirred up? Do you not think that you as believers would just be going, oh, wow. Think about it. But you know what the word says? This is what grabs me right here. I'm telling you, listen. Here's what the word says, but, but, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Huh? And if you look at the word, multitudes there what it's saying is it's it's groups of people it, it it's it now just hear me out <laughs> hear me out this is where ears to hear don't hear something and 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 just tune it out it's a bible study group it's a small group was he not teaching and preaching to believers too and when he looked out, he saw believers in groups. And all among them, Davenport, Haines City, Winter Haven, amongst the believers that were, the multitudes that were grouped, there are those, those that needed to hear the gospel. Just, they were gathered together in groups, like-mindedness. Nothing wrong with that, right? We do that, we... We have friends that we like to go bowling. Well, we go bowling, right? So, but he looked out and he saw people that did not 
know the gospel, that did not know Christ, that did not have a heart for God, he looked out and he just saw these groups all over, everywhere, intermixed with the believers. And just, he's going, ah. Oh. And the Bible said his heart was moved with compassion. Why? Because he's, he's looking and he's going, oh my. Think about this. Oh my. They're so weary. They're so without hope. They're so without hope. And he turns to his disciples and he says, Look, pray to the Lord of the harvest. For the harvest, I'm going to paraphrase, it's massive. And the people, even the believers that are weary, they're weak. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that the Lord of the harvest might send laborers. So why is this so key? Think about this. Why are there not laborers? Why were there not laborers? I mean, he's a year and a half. He's teaching. He's, 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 he's preaching the gospel. He's healing. Why are there not laborers? Thanks for asking. I thought, I was just waiting for someone to ask that. Can I bring it to our time for a minute? I want you to think about this. Now, not all of you are probably been in church for a while. I have no idea. But some of us that have been in church for a, a while, I know you're going to grab this. Some maybe not so long. You just take a deep breath and just think about it. Why are there no laborers is no different to us to this day. For as a church overall, I'm not being critical of the church. I, I mean that the, the best I can, just I'm not. But the church of today, if you think about it, do we not look out mostly in most churches and see groups of people in a Bible study, um, in a fellowship, and we're gathering together so faithfully, but we're trying to do so much in the church that we grow weary, that we grow tired. I know a lot of you know exactly what I'm saying. And the next thing you know, we just start doing. We just keep with the tradition and we just... You know, it's Sunday morning, we, we come to worship, and we go to a Bible study, and then it's not everyone, no, no words of criticism, you know, don't, don't even dare try to take what I'm saying as something that I'm trying to say, well, how dare you not be in Bible study? It has nothing to do with it, so deep breath. But as we look out the landscape of church today, we have a multitude of believers that do some God things, that God becomes a part of their life and not their life, that God is something that they really earnestly try to fit in and to lead and, and to encourage people to be a part of what God is doing. But ultimately, for the most part, we're, we're a bunch of groups of people just all over the place just doing things. And God is only a part of our life. He's not our life. 
the landscape isn't any different today. It's, it's not any different. And then if we looked across Polk County, we would, would we not, would we not see many people desperately looking for purpose and hope? Desperately saying, you know, who is this God? And if they're even thinking in those ways now, who is this God? Do we not see people today that are hurting and they're lost and they just, they just, they don't know what to do? Do we not? Do you not? Why? You might say, well, that's the way it is. If it was that way over 2,000 years ago, why would that? Well, well, okay, Tony, so, you know, what do we do? I love the Word of God because he tells us what to do. Immediately, as Jesus, all of us, he looks up. Some translation doesn't really say, uh, but it says, and Jesus looked up. And when when he looked up, I'm going to go to verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said, then he said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out harvesters or laborers into this harvest. So immediately, what did he do? He said, believer, To us this morning, to us on the web, to us today. Believer, the harvest is plentiful. Bible studies are awesome. Church is awesome. We we need to come together to be equipped. This is a place we come to worship and glorify God. So again, you don't take this critically. Like I'm saying, church is not a good thing. But he says, believers, you're living your life in little groups. And you're, you're wearing yourself out. Are we not? Who here lives a busy life? Come on. And sometimes, is it not so busy? We don't have time. We come to church again. Awesome. But then we kind of just go, Right? We go into these little groups. You know, this is a work group. This is a, 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 a park group. This is a vacation group. And nothing wrong with any of that until it takes us away from God. And it takes us away from the mission that he's given us. Believers, we need to be prayerful. We need to pray. Watch this. This is the part that God, he spoke to me last night. And I must, have, I must have read this scripture I don't know how many times. You ever read scripture like a hundred times and then all of a sudden God just goes, hey! <laughs> you go, I told Trish, I'm glad God said hey because I didn't even know what I was going to preach on this morning. And I'm going, ah! Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Here's what we think sometimes that means. That when we pray, now this isn't wrong, but hear me out. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time and these people. We're claiming it to your glory in Jesus' name. And sometimes when we pray, we are praying to God, which we are. But in our in our in our mind and in our heart, we're praying to God. Now watch. Who, have you ever done this? Amen. Oh, okay. 
who's done that. You know what I mean? It's like praying for food. I'm not saying we're not sincere. Most of the times I am not. I'm at a restaurant with uh, God, thank you for this food. Now, I'm not saying I'm not totally. I am thankful. Don't get me wrong. But thank you for this food. Amen. Let's eat. God now leaves my mind. and I'm just telling you. It's all about the Reuben and fries now. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. You know what's happening here? Because he turned to his disciples. Watch. Look. Disciples. If you know you're a disciple in this room, look, look up here. Look. Not, I don't want you to look at me. I just, I, I just want to see you all at one time. The disciples in this room, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest dwells in you. Do you understand? It's not a prayer to a God that's just out there somewhere. It's to the Spirit of God that's in you. And when we pray to the Lord of the harvest, our hearts, the Spirit of God in us, is stirred up. If we don't pray to the Lord of the harvest, we're just praying to God. Someone else will do it. What? Don't we think that way? 2%, they say, of all believers share their faith. That's it. 2%. Why? Because it's that scenario right there. We're living our own little lives in our own little place, in our own little cliques, our own little multitudes. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. If this, if our church, if the believers in this church were serious, and I don't mean, see again, don't think in the flesh. I, I, I'm communicating in English. I don't know how else to say it. But within your heart, you bowed your knee before God. And, and you pray to the Lord of the harps. You're praying to the Spirit of God within you. And as you do, all of a sudden, you're realizing you're the one that goes. You're the one that preaches and teaches and shares the gospel. It's not someone else. And it's the empowerment comes in because it's the Spirit of God in you that rises up and stirs you up. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. The Spirit of God that's in you. The Word of God that He reveals that we are to go. We're to make disciples. We're to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're to teach them to observe all things. Watch. Was that not what he was doing, what Jesus was doing? He was teaching. He was preaching the gospel. He was doing what? What came next? The manifestation of that work. Why do we not see a lot? I'm not saying we don't see any. But why do we not see a manifestation of God so much in our culture? Because we're a people in many multitudes, in groups, that have segregated our life away from God. And God looks out across Polk County, and please don't take this wrong, but I believe he even looks across Four Corners Baptist Church, and he just sees people, as well-meaning as we are, in little groups. His desire is to turn and say, disciples come together. Unite, be equipped together and pray. Uh, Dennis, Dennis is going to uh, play just uh, some music in the background. 
I know as a church we're not used to this. I don't even know that I'm used to it. I'm going to ask us to do something this morning that I've never asked us to do. It's a lot of first times this morning. I'm going to ask us and say this. If you're a believer in this room, when Dennis, as Dennis is playing, I'm going to ask you to come up and to kneel at this altar or sit in this chair if you can't kneel in front and pray to the Lord of the harvest. Why do I ask us to do that? It's no different than Jesus when he turned to his disciples and he said to pray to the Lord of the harvest. And if you go to chapter 10, what did he do? After he said to pray, he said to respond. He told his disciples to go. To move on what he has told them. To move and to, and, and to pray. So I'm calling us as a church to come forward as a, as a, as a way of, of responding to God's word and his spirit. Not as a way of responding to me in the name of Jesus. Respond to the spirit, the Lord of the harvest. But just say, is, some of you might feel weird. I don't know. I, I get it. I remember those days. But just to, the, just to come forward and just take a few minutes and pray. God, what do you, what do you have for me? How does this, what does this mean to me? Let's have a time of prayer as a church together, as a body.